Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk to you about college basketball, the NFL, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, your weekly turtle tab, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions here on episode 128. Last week on episode 127, we started off the episode by doing a mini trivia game of can you name the 10 U.S cities that have a team in every major league sports franchise uh that being the mlb the nhl the nfl the nba and mls and today we're gonna look at something similar but instead of looking at all the cities that have a team in every franchise will they want to look at the 14 teams in the u.s and canada that have only one team in a franchise right so i'll give you a freebie here you have San Diego that only has the Padres. They don't have an NHL team. They don't have an NFL team. They don't have an NBA team or an MLS team, right? So that, that's one example. So you know there's 14 total, and you know San Diego's one of them. Can either of you, let's see how many, how many cities each of you can name out of the remaining 13 cities. We can start with Kyle this time. We'll just go back and forth and see who can name these. Bonus points if you can also name the franchise and or team name for that city as well. Uh, Portland, the Portland Trailblazers. And the Portland Timbers. Oh, San Antonio with the Spurs. Correct. Kyle? Probably going to start over for 2 here, but I'm just going to wait. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Or, yeah, actually, yes. Now, Oakland with the Oakland uh, Athletics. Correct. Golden State. They're in Oakland. The Warriors. No. Aren't they? No, they're in San Francisco, technically. Really? Oakland. Pretty sure they're in Oakland. On the information that I have, they're listed as San Francisco, not not Oakland. I don't like that, but fine. Uh, all right, well, I'm just going to go Winnipeg, the Jets. Correct. That is one of them. Uh, Sacramento with only the Sacramento Kings? Correct. Calgary, the Flames? Correct. Kyle, uh, start naming off your Canadian hockey cities. That's obviously the answer. <laughs> right, and yeah, I'm not going to get most of those because my hockey knowledge is superb. Um, man, wait, no, that's not one. Charlotte with the Carolina Panthers? Uh, and oh, wait, no, because they have the horn. Never mind. This is, this is a tough one, right? The other one is pretty easy. Uh, Montreal, the Canadiens. Um, I don't think so. No, because they also have a major league soccer team. The Impact. Oh, do they really? Dude, I didn't know to look it up. I did not know that. I'm gonna throw one random guess out here. Vancouver. Uh, no, because they have a they have a major league soccer team. Yeah. Uh, the white white caps, right? Yep. White something. Not very versed in Major League Soccer either. Um, oh no, I was gonna say Indianapolis, but they have the Colts and the Pacers, so that's not it. That's not an official guess, since I prefaced it with I was gonna say. Um, boy, Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Correct. That is one of them. You you can give whenever you want, Kyle. Um, Mike has four listed, and you have two. And there are thirteen total plus. Outside of San Diego, which you gave us. Oklahoma City with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Correct. So the Thunder or the Oklahoma City is one of them. They only have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, We're going to do a quick rule change here. It's first to five. So you only need to do one more, Mike. <laughs> uh, 
right, let's see. Um, let's see. Wait, okay, this is cheeky. Are we going with metropolitan areas again? Um, if you if you're talking about last week when we were talking about Minneapolis and St. Paul technically being separate cities, however, between the two of them, they both have five, all five, then yes. But it, it's off of my list that I have here, and if I don't agree with you, then I'm right. <laughs> Why it's just right. That's the way it is, Kyle. This is this is uh oh, duh, come on, Mike. Ottawa, the senators, let's go. Correct. The senators is the only franchise team that Ottawa has. Kyle, you have a rebuttal. You have, if you can name uh, three of them, you can tie with Mike. Or two of them in a row, you can tie with Mike. Um, actually possible. Because I was going to say Kansas City, Kansas with Sporting KC, but that's not actually one if we're counting b- both Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas. Yeah, you're correct. That would be an incorrect guess. That's like not counting New York as having football teams because both of this. this, this or in New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Um, I got at least one more. All right, Mike, just go for it. Name as many as you can. I don't have any others. Edmonton. Yes, correct. Is. Well, we'll uh, go to you. We can go through the rest of the list. You, yeah, you... That covers Canada, so I don't know what the rest would be. So, Mike, you got Winnipeg, uh, Canada, San Antonio, Ottawa, Jacksonville, Edmonton, and Calgary. And then, Mike, you got Sacramento, Oakland, and Oklahoma oh. City. And then I Kyle, get Kyle got those last three. Oh, did I not say Kyle? I meant Mike twice. I take credit for all of them, though. No, Kyle got caught those three. Oklahoma City. I got some. Hey, give give me some credit here. I gave you San Diego before we started, and uh, the other couple were Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, the Hurricane Hurricanes. Mm, Yep. Raleigh. It's not Raleigh. It's Raleigh. Raleigh. I ain't from North Kakalaka, so Memphis, uh, the Grizzlies. Yep. Yeah, the Western Nashville. Green Bay. Oh, duh. That was what I figured would be the first that one. Was still, I should have gotten that one. Uh, Austin, Texas. They have a MLS team. Okay. So, oh, yeah, they do. Yep. Dang it. I should have known that because I think that's the one that Patrick Mahomes is actually on. Or, or no. Man. Well, there you go. There's there's a couple. Uh, those are all the teams of any major league, major sports franchise that only has one team. And so if you have any other ideas for 8311 Cast Trivia, feel free to drop us a line at 8311Cast on Instagram. Nice, nice. Um, we have just one quick stat um, and, or one quick bit of info out of college basketball that should make any Iowa State basketball fans smile. Um, news broke on Sunday that uh, – Baylor's now former head coach, Kim Malarkey, is leaving the Baylor Bears. She's now headed for the LSU Tigers. So she will no longer be in the Big 12. We no longer have to put up with her on the sidelines of women's basketball game. So they have Kim Malarkey out at Baylor, in at uh, LSU. It took less than 24 hours from when LSU's coach resigned for them to land uh, Malarkey. So you think there was something else uh, going on there in the background when that happened? Do we know, does Malarkey have ties to LSU? Like, is Don't that why she chose it so quick? Because I guess in my knowledge, does LSU have a historic women's basketball program besides the fact that she probably was dangled a fair sizable to go there? Yeah, I don't know exactly uh, what was up there. Mm-hmm. It was a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere. I was expecting it to fit. Yeah, that's, that's what I also would have. Well, uh, from from one set of news to another set of news, this broke 
a few days ago, actually, um, three days ago to be exact, uh, this was something that I wasn't exactly expecting. Uh, there were rumors that the Chiefs had always had interest in trading for this player, but the Chiefs did officially trade for uh, left tackle slash right tackle Orlando Brown uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, obviously, like you know on Twitter that he is a left tackle. Yes, he he let everyone know. He and his family let everyone know. He was very outspoken that he is a left tackle now, not a right tackle. And um, well, he got his wish. He got traded to a team who is in desperate need of a left tackle. Obviously, as the Chiefs let go Eric Fisher uh, in the previous offseason as one of as their starting left tackle ever since he was drafted in the first round in t- 2013. Uh, with the number one overall pick. So they filled that void on the left side to protect Patrick Mahomes' blind side. Um, A two-time Pro Bowler uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. He will apparently play out the final year of his deal with the Chiefs before renegotiating potentially an extension. Uh, Obviously, the Chiefs will have some uh, salary cap things to work out next year, but they hope to maybe sign a long-term deal with him once they see where the salary cap will be moving to at the end of next season. Uh, The details of that trade are the Chiefs uh, got Orlando Brown. They also got a second round pick in this week's upcoming draft, the 2021 draft. And they also got a 2022 sixth round pick. Uh, In return, Baltimore got the Chiefs 31st overall pick in the upcoming draft, a third round pick, a fourth round pick all this year, and then a 2022 fifth round pick. In my opinion, this, I feel like it was a steal for the Chiefs to get him. Uh, You're getting a proven player at a tackle position who you don't always know if the player will be a hit or a miss in the draft. Obviously you do as much scouting as you can, but you get a proven player for one year and you're really just giving up a couple picks that you've acquired uh, previously. And it fills an immediate hole in it, in the years where Patrick Mahomes salary or contract is a little bit lower uh, as a cap hit um, for the team. So Obviously, this team is in prime contention still to make it back to a Super Bowl in the AFC. Uh, so it was something that was an obvious upgrade and something that was very clear for Brett Veach and the Chiefs organization to pull the trigger on this one. Uh, kind of what I was shocked about was that Baltimore, a team that will perennially, perennially face the Chiefs, there we go, in like each season, especially uh, in the playoffs, end up trading their best tackle to, you know, their foe uh, for the next few seasons. So this isn't something that you generally see. You don't often see a lot of trades within divisions to help make teams better. And you certainly don't see uh, trades between AFC foes who are contenders for Super Bowls uh, that will automatically make a team better. The Chiefs go from one of the maybe the most doubted offensive lines going into this upcoming season to possibly one of the best offensive lines in the American League or in the AFC just all together. So I I think it was a steal. I think it was a little questionable why the Ravens wanted to go for this 
uh, go for this trade. But hey, now they have two first round picks. They can move up if they so choose in this draft uh, with that draft capital that they receive in return. Plus, Orlando Brown made it apparent that he wanted to play left tackle. And with Ronnie Staley coming back from injury, uh, the long or who just got paid uh, in the last offseason as a left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, he will potentially be slotted back into that left tackle position. So Orlando Brown didn't want to go back to playing. Yeah. The only thing I'm concerned about with this trade on chief's perspective is that he was unwilling to sign an extension. Um, you don't know, right. There's no guarantees around after this year. Right. Tech, right. If I'm, if I was going to give up that much and I know I agree that it was a steal, but if I'm still even going to give up that much, I want him to sign that extension or be agreed to that extension before I uh, make that deal. That's a lot to trade for one year of a player. So he, he, there have actually been zero talks in regards to an extension from the chiefs organization. It is not him who has not been willing to sign the deal. It is the chiefs organization that has not offered him an extension. That makes no sense to me from the Chiefs' perspective. They're waiting to see what the salary cap is season, I would obviously presume. They've got a couple key players that they want that they need to look at extending next season, possibly. And Tyree Kill, Tyron Matthew, uh, they possibly will have to – they're obviously going to have to rework Patrick Mahomes' contract, a.k.a. turning most of his base salary in uh, uh, bonus at the beginning of the uh, offseason. So – there will be ha- there will have to be some salary cap hoops and jumps uh, and hurdles that they have to make it through. But I do think that they probably will end up extending uh, an offer to Orlando Brown. I think it would be stupid if they didn't, especially with the rumors of how much they were actually willing to pay uh, Trent Williams this offseason before he ended up signing uh, re-signing with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. There it was rumored that he was the chiefs were willing to offer him 23 million a year. Um, and I would imagine that would be a number that enticing. Yeah. I mean, but still there's no guarantee one year. That's just, I don't get it. I don't get why you trade that much for a guy on a one. Anyway, we'll Mike, about- if you're the Vikings, would you, would you be willing to trade that much to go win a Super Bowl again? The Vikings are not left to win a winning Bowl. a Super Bowl. So I, that fair enough, but the chiefs were, possibly a tackle away from having an offense that was able to win a Super Bowl again. Yep, that's that's true. That's true. I suppose there are teams in different places as far as the building cycle. The twin the Vikings are like two or three years away from a Super Bowl. There's there's there are a couple draft classes away and probably a quarterback away from a Super Bowl. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, we're gonna have a uh we're going to have the NFL draft, as you referenced here, coming up um, in just later this week. It starts on Thursday. And speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to have teams inevitably reaching for a quarterback. Like what? This latest projections I was seeing, there are going to be five quarterbacks taken in the top 10. They're Possibly like- in, in the top nine, not just the top 10, depending yeah. on if teams were to move up as well. Yeah, there aren't five top 10 worthy quarterbacks in really any draft. Like I get it. Quarterback is the most important position, but like Trey Lance has hardly played football in the last two years with NDSU not playing football in the fall. I know they've played some in the spring, but. Well, he only played one game. Right. Exactly. 
like, you're going to draft that guy after not playing football for two years. You can draft him in the top five, possibly. I've heard him going as high as three. Yeah. That, so according to a few reports that came out today, um, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are most interested now in Trey Lance. It used to be Mac Jones that they were looking at, which I thought Mac Jones was a reach. I don't see yeah, Mac Jones as Alabama quarterback. Alabama is playing with the best offense in, right? The last notable Alabama quarterback to be drafted was A.J. McCannon. Uh, Do you remember him? Yeah, no, because he played for one year for the Bengals. It was absolute trash. Alabama quarterbacks, well, okay, so – well, okay, Jalen Hurts got drafted, but he finished his career with Oklahoma – and I guess Tua Tagovailoa, sure. But in in the history, Alabama quarterbacks aren't NFL quarterbacks. They're really, really good system quarterbacks at Alabama, and maybe they're a backup quarterback in the NFL. They're certainly not a top three draft pick in the NFL draft. I think they're going into this season, there were really only two quarterbacks who were supposedly clear-cut top five overall draft picks. You got Trevor Lawrence, who everyone is rating the best quarterback to come out of college since Andrew Luck. Sure. Great. Apparently, Jacksonville has already given him the playbook. He's apparently donating to Jacksonville charities as well. That's already it's a foregone conclusion that Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville, Florida. But everyone else thought that Justin Fields, who is the number two recruit behind Trevor Lawrence in that same recruiting class who played it for Ohio State, transfer from Georgia that he was going to be the uh, presumptive number two quarterback off the board. But now he's possibly falling to like 15 or so. The Patriots have interest in him. If the Patriots decide to trade up, I don't see Bill Belichick wanting to do that. But you guys got guys like Zach Wilson is now apparently a lock to go to the Jets. A lot of people are saying playing for uh for BYU with not a lot of stiff competition out there, not a lot of great track record against top 25 teams. He doesn't have like proven winning pedigree against top caliber teams. So yes, quarterbacks are obviously paramount, right? We see that with quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen now who will change and alter the course of franchises. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs traded up for. Josh Allen, uh, the Bills uh, got the pick from Kansas City for him. Um, So you got guys like that who are generational quarterbacks in the first round. But then you also got some other guys who you can still win a bunch of games with quarterback, other quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, not a first round uh, quarterback made it to the Super Bowl with the Santo 49ers. For some of these teams, you're putting a lot of you're putting a lot of pressure on some of these young guys. And unless they're unless they're the top quarterback in the draft, and you've got a you're really risky. Yeah, but I mean, I see I see the pros and cons of going out and getting those quarters. Right. I mean, I do as well. But would would someone pass up on? Would you rather have one of those quarterbacks, or would you rather have? Like if you're at number four, would you rather take a quarterback if you're the Atlanta Falcons uh, and stash him behind uh, behind uh, Matt Ryan, or would you rather take possibly the best 
tight end slash wide receiver best athlete in the draft class possibly in Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, someone who can change the game on the outside for your current quarterback, which Atlanta is in a predicament because they're paying Matt Ryan. His dead cap hit is atrocious for the next two. So I don't know if the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback because they can't move off Matt Ryan. for. Yeah. So keep an eye on that first round Thursday, second and third rounds Friday. And then I believe the rest of it is on Saturday. Is that correct? Rounds four through seven are all Saturday. That is correct. Lots of fans will be at the live event in Cleveland. They're apparently allowing 50,000 to be in attendance uh, for all three days of the event, which is quite a, quite a significant number. So um, it should be a fanfare for uh, the NFL to be back drafting. Yeah, and the NFL draft is going to dominate the news cycle as it always does, but baseball is still going on. Um, we had a great series this past weekend between the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, just had some awesome intensity to it. Kyle, you want to give us some more details about that Dodgers-Padres series this weekend? This past Yeah, weekend? so uh, going into the series, uh, so the Dodgers, the Dodgers and the Padres this season – will play 19 times. Uh, this series going in, uh, so previously in the first series of the season that the Dodgers and the Padres played, uh, it came out that the Dodgers actually shuffled their starting rotation so they could hit starters one, two, and three to face the Padres. Uh, how often do you see that at the beginning of a season um, between two teams that just goes to show the respect that these two teams have with each other right now, as for most of the season, based on power rankings, as well as, um, just their standings, these are probably going to be two of the top three, at least the top five teams in all of baseball all season long. So going into, going into this weekend, uh, the Dodgers in their first series with the Padres won two out of three. So the Dodgers took the first series, but the second series, the Padres had the Dodgers number. They won three out of four. Uh, and Sunday night was an absolute blast of a, of a baseball game to watch. If you did not watch that broadcast on ESPN, uh, you missed out on a dandy. At one point, the Dodgers were up seven to one, uh, but the Padres came storming back, led by their, their top hitters in Tatis, Machado, Hosmer also got in on it. Um, and the, in the seventh inning, they scored two. Eighth inning scored two. Ninth inning, they tied it up. Uh, no scores in the 10th. And then the Padres finally broke the tie in the 11th and got the win. Um, Tatis had, I believe it was five, four home runs in the series uh, in total, which set uh, some sort of record for the Padres at Dodger Stadium. Um, this is going to be an epic battle between both teams all season long. Uh, this Sunday night baseball game had the feel of a of playoff baseball. It really did with the atmosphere in the stands. Now that fans are back, it was it was an incredible game to watch, and this will be much wa must watch television throughout the rest of the. Season. Yep, that will be a fun series, um, and we did have a little bit of technicality rules controversy also out west um so over the weekend madison bumgardner um threw a complete game 
without giving up any hits. Um, the thing about it is that it was only a seven inning game. So technically is what I'm reading is that technically that does not count as a no hitter because it was not nine innings. I want to get your guys' thoughts on whether that should count as a no hitter or not. Right. So since, since the MLB did these seven inning uh, double header games, they, they did come out and say that the MLB will not officially uh, count this or, or view these as an actual no hitter since it was just seven innings. In my opinion, yes, it's great that you throw that you throw a no hitter in seven innings. But Mike, I have a question for you. Did J.A. Happ get credited for a seven inning no hitter earlier this week? No, he didn't. He gave up a no, hit. No, he didn't. And in my opinion, this should not count in the official record because it is only a seven seven inning game. For all of those pitchers who have gone before and thrown nine inning no hitters, ask Joe Musgrove, ask Luke or not Lucas Giolito, uh, but Carlos Rendon earlier this season who have already thrown no hitters. It's, it's way harder to throw a nine inning, no hitter than it is a seven inning, no hitter. That's why you see that more often um, is people reaching seventh or eighth innings with no hitters, but then they lose it with like an out or two. So in my opinion, I don't think this should be the official no hitter. So just to kind of add on to what you were saying, Kyle, the MLB said they won't count a seven inning, no hitter as a no hitter, unless it goes into extra innings being nine innings or more, which I totally agree with, right? A seven inning game is not a full game. I don't care what right. you're Therefore, it should not be a no hitter unless you hit nine innings. And I'm okay with that. I don't see how you could not be okay. With that. I have a solution for that. Just play nine don't innings have every seven day. Innings. Just play yeah. nine innings every don't, day. Don't I agree. It's, what a novel idea. Baseball being played to its full length. Right. Come up with that. Only well, okay. future commissioner of baseball, Mike Ludwig. And no, Mike is totally right. And I love the point I get. I, I'm going to like toot my own horn, I guess. I love the point that I brought up. Like how many players, how many pitchers would actually have no hitters in their record if the, if Major League Baseball counted seven inning games? Like if you just threw a no hitter through seven innings, the MLB was just like, oh yeah, they threw a no, no hitter. That's two innings of baseball that's still left to be played. Come on, guys. This doesn't count. Arizona, quit your griping and pleading on Twitter. Shut up. It is not a nine-inning game. Madison Bumgarner has, I believe, thrown a no-hitter before. So he, of all people, should know how much dif- more difficult it is to actually throw, uh, get six more outs without allowing another hit or allowing a hit at all. It it devalues the people who have thrown actual complete game no hitters before. And for that reason, the MLB should just play nine inning games for that matter, but they should clearly not obviously value that in the major league record books as a official no hitter. If it's only. Mm -hmm. And to end our MLB segment, this is your weekly pre-memorial day reminder, reminder to not overreact. Don't overreact yet. That's all I have to say. But we can overreact on seven inning games because they're stupid. Also, yes. extra innings are ridiculous too. Yes. I mean, I saw a stat. So going into um, play on Saturday, 
the Twins were seven and three in games played under normal rules and uh, 0 and 8 in games played under weird rules, 0 and 4 in uh, extra innings and 0 and 4 in double headers. Since then, they lost two regular games. So I think now they're 7 and 5 in regular games and 0 and 8 in games with weird rules. Like, Let's just do away with the weird rules. That's, that's uh, while that is a good statistic, I do think the Twins have some other issues and struggles to start off the season that are not just a limited strange rule. They have been struggling. Might be more of a coincidence. They have been. It is, but I just wanted to use it. But Twins fans, don't freak out. Don't Although, react. Mike, Plus, you have Will and Zostadio, who we will tell you about. In this week's uh, in this week's instance of the weekly turtle tab, um, the Twins have been battling injuries and COVID here over the last week. So Astudio actually appeared in six games um, this past week. Um, over the course of the week, he collected six hits, including a game-winning home run in the only game the Twins won this week. Um, he had the game-winning home run, um, so good on him. He is now. Um, on the year, hitting 280 is a slashing 289, 283, 400 on the year, which brings us right into our stupid rules for the week. Now, you might ask, Mike, you said his batting average was 289 and his on base percentage was 283. How is it possible that you could have a batting average that's higher than your on base percentage? Well, let me tell you. So, according to um, MLB official statistics, um, on base percentage is calculated as hits plus walks plus hit by pitch divided by at bats plus walks plus hit by pitch plus sacrifice flies. So, right? So basically, um, in order for the, the on-base percentage to be higher, right, you have to be somebody who doesn't walk or get hit by pitch very often, a.k.a. Willens Astadio, who almost always puts the balls in play, who has also had some sacrifice flies, right? Because sacrifice flies don't count as at-bats in batting average, right? For at-bats, for batting average, you just divide hits divided by at-bats, Right. So in other words, for your on-base percentage to be lower, you have to increase that denominator without increasing the numerator. The way to do that for on-base percentage is have, yes, have sacrifice flies while not having any walks or hit by pitchers. So that is how Willens Astadio has a higher batting average than your on-base percentage. That so is what you got in Mike's stupid rules this week. So, Mike, for all of our listeners who are very technical, some of them might be wondering, do, do, does the MLB official statistics lump sacrifice flies and sack bunts together? No. On-base percentage is specifically sacrifice flies. They are not charged with an opportunity as far as on-base percentage is concerned if it is a sacrifice bunt. Very good. You know what we are charged with? We are charged with our absolutely atrocious predictions and somehow in some way we occasionally get lucky with those. But as we always do, we need to hold ourselves accountable. So Mike, would you please hold 
mostly me accountable this week for my atrocious predictions. Yep, we did have uh, three predictions come off the board this week. Two of them were from Kyle. Um, one that we missed last week. Sorry, Kyle. Um, the first one was that uh, what's his name? Matthew A. Taylor. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Michael A. Taylor. Michael A. Um, Kyle said we have a 14 game hitting streak to start the year. I don't know what it ended at, but it was less than 14. It ended at nine and then he missed a couple games and now he's back up to like eight again. Okay. Well, anyway, that's not 14. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. Nah. He also predicted that the Royals would not lose their first series until May. They proceeded to lose a series two out of three to the Rays um, before that. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. Nah. Um, and the last position to off the board was from Josh, who predicted the Brewers would be in first place after their series with the Padres, which they actually were. They had a good series against the Padres, and uh, the Reds really struggled. They're actually back in last place now. And then, um, so for that, Josh gets a <laughs> that is it for our accountability session. Kyle, you want to put some stuff back on the board for us? Yeah, so. All of our listeners might be noticing a theme throughout this. Uh, we're sticking with our uh, our fan bases that we cheer for in the major leagues. Uh, so I am saying that in this upcoming weekend series, in three games, that the Royals will sweep the Twins. Okay. Um, we can do easy, quick math on that. According to 538, the Royals have a... 41% chance to win game one and a 43% chance to win game two and a 38% chance to win game three. So that gives them, whoops, give me one second. I screwed up the math. There we go. Gives them a 6.7% chance to sweep the twins according to those percentages. That's like triple home run territory. I'm thinking triple for this, right? Yeah, usually under three, two or three percent, I think is what we done. So. I'm saying triple sweet, unless you object, Kyle. Nope, that's fine. Triple it is. Um, seeing with my hometown team, I'm projecting that the Twins will eventually break out of this slump here and be back in the top two in the AL Central by the end of the month. End of the May. End of May. Sorry. End, end of May. May. End right. Okay. I would already be wrong. I would basically already be wrong if I was talking about the end. Right. That's, that's why I was like, well, we can put it up and take it off immediately. <laughs> Um, so let's see. In that time frame, the Twins have a series against the Indians, the Royals, the Rangers, Detroit, White Sox, Athletics, White Sox, Indians, or sorry, Cleveland, uh, Orioles, Royals, and then another game. Mm, man. The Twins are currently in fourth place since I'm How many games, how many games just back for... are they out of the two spot? Four and a half. Four and a half of two second place and they'll be healthier assuming as well going into Hopefully, that eventually hmm. i think the twins are for sure better than cleveland how far will the royals or white Sox give up ground to that time frame i think the royals are clearly playing better baseball than the team hold on let me look at the let me look at the white Sox schedule here in the month of may Detroit, cleveland cincinnati kansas city Minnesota, Kansas City, Minnesota, Yankees, St. Louis, Baltimore. Okay. The White Sox have a eh, schedule. The Royals have a fairly easy schedule. Well, no. Milwaukee, they get Detroit twice, White Sox twice, 
Minnesota. Boy, I did not really think this would turn into this much of a science fair of a prediction. I'm just like, why it's not helping me? Well, that's because I think it should be a triple. <laughs> okay, triple, sure. Yes, you just right. I was just trying to see if it would if it's home run worthy. My gut reaction was triple, and I don't think you know we could sit here for 20 minutes debate and probably arrive at a home run, but I think a triple's fair. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, you should be thanking me, Mike. I was trying to get you more more bases. Yeah. Out of the four of us, I'm the only person that does not come from a city that has an MLB team, but my favorite MLB team are the Chicago Cubs because they're the closest, right? They're, I'm like smack dab between Chicago, Minneapolis, and Kansas City where I grew up. So I'm going to say the Cubs are above 500 by the end of May. Like not that they go above 500 and come back down. They have to be above 500 at the end. of Okay. So they're currently 10 and 11. I mean, this seems like it's a single to me. And it seems like it's a pretty easy single. Unless you're going to protest, right? No, not at all. They've got, they've got games against some pretty bad teams in that time, in that span as well. Yeah, baby. No, that's all. It is. You got anything from Josh? Is he still alive? Yes, he is. Um, Josh was actually on the spot this week. He gave me his prediction for this week like an hour and a half before I was even planning on asking him. Wow, I like that. Where did he on it? Josh is predicting that the Brewers, who are playing a series against the Marlins Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, predicting the Brewers will sweep that series. Um, according to 538, they have a 66% chance to win game one, a 60% chance to win game two, and a 60% chance to win game three, um, which, according to my math, is a 23% chance to sweep the series. Oh, that's pretty good. That's like a, that's, that's like a double. That's, I was going to say double, but I wasn't sure if that was. That's fine with me. Fine with me. I'll take We'll go with the double. I'm going to double check that math. That still seems a little bit high. Yep. Came up the same again. So, yeah, double it is. Double it is. Too bad we didn't get Mike a home run. Otherwise, we would have hit the cycle. But we didn't because we only got a single, a double, and two triples to close out a write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 128 of the 8311 cast. Appreciate you sticking around. Make sure you check out next week's episode, episode 129. And if you didn't listen to it yet, last week's episode 127, where we did some more tribute at the end of the episode. Gotta love it. Signing off for the 8311 cast. We have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to y'all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.